In the Gospel of John, we're going to find two words that need longer explanation. Remember that we have four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When we read the Gospel of John, uh, St. John is going to speak about the Jews. That means the Jewish people, the Jews. And he's going to do, uh, mention a lot, another word, the world. The world, like we hear today, W-O-R-L-D. Just in case my pronunciation isn't good. The Jews and the world. There is many, many moments in the Gospel of John when Jesus talks about the Jews, the Jewish people, and that has been used to blame the whole Jewish community for the death of Jesus. But the Jews in the Gospel of John is used mainly to talk about the authorities, or specifically the people who were there asking Pilate to condemn Jesus. So we have to be very specific on that. Because in the same way, the world used in the Gospel of John needs more explanation and more care. For example, some people, and sometimes in the Gospel of John, when we hear the world, it is understood as we understand it the whole of the population, the whole world, uh, or the universe. They're everything that has been created by God. But there are other parts in the Gospel of John when Jesus is going to mention the world just to refer to those who believe. So, for example, in chapter 17, Jesus says, Father, I pray for this, my apostles, but I don't pray for the world. So that sounds like, why is he not praying for us? No, he's, in that case, it means those who reject God, those who don't want to believe. And like that, there are like seven different meanings of the world in the Gospel of John. So we have to be careful. In today's reading, um, and this is a very famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So which of those seven meanings are here? Well, some scripture scholars will say that John is talking only about those who believe, those who are the chosen ones, but most people, like me, will understand it as the way we understand it today. God so loved the world in general that he sent his only son so that everyone who believes in him will be saved. Salvation is offered to everyone, but there are many people who will reject that way to salvation. Many will be indifferent, many will not care. But I want to make emphasis on these first three, uh, three words, four words. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. Six words, not four. Okay. For God so loved the world. You know, when we think of for God so loved the world, he loved the world with madness. Remember last week in the second reading how uh, when talking about the cross, 
for the Jews, it was just, uh, I mean, it was nothing. I mean, it was just uh, a fail of the Messiah. But for the Greeks, it was madness to die on the cross. But God so loved the world that he sent his son. When he created the world, it was out of love, total love for the human race, total love for what he was going to create. And he so loved the world that he sent his son. So all of this to say, as Christians, as Catholics, we cannot hate the world. We cannot reject the world. We reject things that happen. We reject sin, as God rejects sin. But we are called to love this world because it is God's creation. Sometimes I hear from uh, especially young people that, oh, they don't want to have children. They don't want to bring children to this horrible world. Well, our mission, and you might have some uh, arguments for that, but our mission as Christian people, is to transform the world from within. To transform the world from within. We cannot transform the world if, if we are not part of it. Sometimes we have stories of monks of the desert who flee the world. They feel that their vocation is to be away from everybody and they're going to be in a cave, in a mountain, and they just dedicate their lives to pray, to meditate, and to work on themselves. That's their vocation. But the vocation for most people is not to do that. Even I'm, I'm, a, I'm a secular priest, which means I'm a priest in the world. There are religious priests, like Franciscans or Dominicans, they have a specific missions, they live in a community, but they also have a mission in the world. But the secular is what belongs to the world. Yes, as Christians, we believe with St. Paul that our true citizenship is heaven. That this, is, this world is just something that is passing. That we're not going to stay here forever. That our true home is heaven and we're going to go back to God from whom we came. But while we are here, we have to work to transform it as much as possible. So that's my invitation today. God so loved the world, and there are so many people today that still need of our help. When we think of uh, this pandemic, and uh, today is March 14, a year ago it was Saturday, March 14, 2020. It was the first weekend that masses were banned. There were no masses. Uh, all in here in the Archdiocese of Chicago in many dioceses. One year today, no masses. Uh, and we had to stay home, and we were secluded and locked down and all of that. Pope Francis, who is celebrating, yesterday we celebrated eight years of his election as a pope. Pope Francis has talked about the church as uh, we have to go out. We have to go to the peripheries. We have to go to the existential peripheries, he calls it. We have to go to the people who are in need, who have not heard about Jesus, or maybe who are rejecting Jesus in some way. 
we have to go out there. He said, we cannot, the church cannot stay just enclosed and with the doors closed and just, why? Because we get sick. If the church just keeps for herself, we get sick. And we recognize this because most likely we didn't like the lockdown. I liked it at the beginning. I'm more of an introvert and I said, wonderful, this is wonderful time. I read more than 20 books. It was wonderful, it was great. But after a few weeks, I was like, no way, this is not healthy, this is not good. In the same way, Pope Francis invites the church to go out, to open the doors and the windows. It tried to reach other people. But I want to remind us that when the Pope speaks about the church, he's not just talking about the priests and the parishes and the Vatican and the bishops. We are the church. You are the church. We still have that mission. We cannot be enclosed in just what we have as Catholics, just the knowledge that we have today. We have to reach out for more knowledge. We have to read. There are videos on YouTube. There is so much to learn. But also, we have to reach other people. Not necessarily by going out and telling them about Jesus and bringing the Bible and let me read you this because you're a sinner and let me tell you the truth. Uh, maybe that's not the way. But with our witness, by being a good Christian, a good person who is going to support our children, our youth, who is going to take care of the elderly, who is going to respect their neighbors and just engage in the best way possible, we are going to give witness to the one who died on the cross. If we take the example of the reading today, the gospel, that says that, uh, reminds the episode with the, with the people of Israel that were beaten by serpents, and they created this thing, and they raised up an image of a serpent in a bronze. And then everybody who looked at it were cured. That's an image of Jesus when he is raised up, when he is put on that cross. When we look at the cross, it's an image when we go back to Jesus, when we go back to live his life, when we can learn about his principles, when we follow him with our own hearts. That is the way we can transform our own lives and we are able to transform the world from within. And transforming the world from within implies a little bit of sacrifice. It means that many people who are Catholic are called to be in public office. Become the mayor, become the president, be a senator, be a lawyer, be a teacher, be in a position when you can help so many people and bring the message of Christ with your own life. So let us continue our prayer. And let's ask the Lord to give us strength to help us discern and see clearly where is that he wants us to be. How can we give the best witness as a Christian person to the people who live with us, to the people who are around us, to the people who we work with? How can we give a good witness, even on social media, on the internet, that I'm recognized a person of unity and not a person of division, that I can give that good witness of the one who died on the cross, the one who can save 
the whole of humanity.